Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Is the Word of the Lord valuable to you? Do you love your Bible? Do you treasure, do you value the voice of the Lord in His Word by the Holy Spirit? We're going to answer those questions today. Good morning. This is your wake-up call. It's wake-up call 077, Treasure. I'm so thankful that you're here, that you're watching, that you're listening to the Faith for My Generation podcast. And of course, I'm privileged to be your host. My name's AJ. If this is the first time that you're watching or listening, glad to have you along. If you're part of the family, the faithful, as we call it, I'm glad that you're back. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, I have to give credit where credit is due. You know, lots of times these wake-up calls and the other episodes and teachings that we release on the podcast channel, and as well for myself when I'm ministering and preaching and teaching as a pastor and different opportunities I have to minister, uh, what I receive from the Lord through prayer, through study, and then also listening to other ministers. You know, I try to get it in my heart so that it just kind of flows out and overflows from me so that I can share it to you, to the people of God, to the family of God. Uh, It's good for whether it's me or anyone, regardless of what we do or what we're called to do or what member or part we are in the body of Christ, to be full of the Word of God uh, and ready to share the Word of God and to bless people with the truth of God's Word. And I was listening to a minister. His name's Dag Hayward Mills. Uh, He's a pastor of a large church in Ghana and is um, uh, really an apostle in a sense considering that he's helped to pioneer and found over a thousand different churches throughout the world and a a good man of God, a humble man of God and and a spirit-led man of God. And I was listening to a, a message that he preached and he used 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, as the main text of the message. We're going to read the chapter of 1 Samuel 3 so we can get a good understanding of what's going on. And then we're going to answer those questions that I opened up with. Do we treasure the Word of God? Do we value the voice of the Holy Spirit and in the, in the ministry of the Word of God? Do we love our Bible? Uh, those are important questions for us to answer and really analyze. And um, I had some eye-opening things that took place when I was listening to that message by Pastor Dag, and when I was studying today for today's wake-up call. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow dim, so dim that he could not see, And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel, verse 7, did not yet know the Lord, 
nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. What we see here is the call of the ministry of Samuel as not just priest, but prophet. Samuel would later become the last judge of Israel. There was a time and place where Israel, when they come into the promised land, God gives them judges. And in fact, there's a whole book named after it, after those judges. Samson was a judge. Deborah was a judge. There were many different judges. Uh, Gideon was a judge in the book of Judges. Samuel was the last judge, but also a prophet. And he ministered in, in different ways before the Lord and to the people of Israel. In verse 1, it's, it's, it's kind of a play on words, but First Samuel 3, verse 1, the New King James reads, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. If you were to read like the King James Version, it would say the word of the Lord was precious in those days. It's interesting because what's being communicated to us here in Scripture is that the voice of the Lord through the ministry and the office of the prophet was a rare thing in those days. See, we know that there is a ministry and office of prophet in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us that there are five ministry offices, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. And so, and I, and I don't believe those things have passed away by any means. I believe in the current day ministry of the Holy Spirit. I absolutely do. Now, with that being said, just because someone calls themselves a prophet doesn't mean they're a prophet. Um, you know, sometimes people can just get in their flesh. We've all done it, I'm sure. I have, at least. You're probably better than me. <laughs> That's what you're going to go with, right? But Samuel w was called into this ministry of the prophet, and it was at a time where he didn't know the voice of the Lord yet. It's really interesting the more you, you read it and just kind of meditate on it. The voice of the Lord that came to Samuel was like a man's voice. Think about what we just read. Samuel, this young boy, hears his name being called. So it's at the end of the day. Verse 2 tells us that it was at the past time Eli was lying down in his place when his eyes had begun to grow dim so that he could not see. Verse 3, And the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was lying down. So it was at nighttime. It was the time where the priests would go and they would put out the lamps in the tabernacle. At this point, the temple is yet to be built. So it's like a tent, literally like a tent, that God instructed Moses to make in the book of Exodus. And from this point forward, the people were worshiping at the tabernacle. It is a mobile-type situation, and it's what David sees and looks out on one evening when he's in his wonderful king's palace, and he's looking at the tabernacle or the tent of meeting of God and says, I want, says to the Lord, I want to build you a house. And that's when the Lord tells him, Well, not you, you're a man of blood and a man of war, but your son Solomon will. So in this tabernacle, in this tent, in this tent of meeting, there were essentially sleeping quarters for the priests and the Levites. 
So Samuel and Eli, they're both lying down at night in their respective rooms. It's nighttime. You turn out the lights. They're laying there going to sleep. And as Samuel is going to sleep, he hears his voice called. And so immediately he runs to Eli's room and says, Sir, you know, did you call me? No, I didn't call you first time. Samuel hears his voice a second time. Did you call me? No, I didn't call you. Third time, did you call me? Nope. And that third time, Eli says to Samuel, it says Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. So Eli instructs Samuel, now look, I'm not calling you, but if you continue to hear your voice being called, it must be the Lord. So the next time you hear your voice called, simply tell the Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I think that's so interesting, and I don't want you to miss it. I know it's simple, but I want you to really get that in your heart and your mind. The voice of the Lord was so similar to the voice of a man that when Samuel heard it, he assumed it was Eli. You know, oftentimes we think when God speaks to us, whether it be through His Word or by the voice of the Holy Spirit in our inward witness, we're going to talk a little bit about that in the, over the next few minutes, that inward witness, that inward knowing, and, and it can be even audible. You know, God spoke audibly to where people could hear it in their ears. When He spoke to Paul, Paul heard it audibly. The people around them, they thought they heard thunder. But nonetheless, that's an actual audible sound. God speaks concerning Jesus. This is my well-beloved son in whom I'm well-pleased. Or this is my beloved son in whom I'm well-pleased. They heard that audibly. So I don't think it's that God can or doesn't speak audibly. But the Lord is a spirit. John chapter 4 tells us that God is a spirit. And we, you and I, must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, we are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. Meaning that when we worship God, for instance, literal singing, praising, thanksgiving, worship, clapping, singing, dancing, joy, rejoicing, jumping, shouting, weeping, bowing down, uh, crying, laughing, uh, singing songs, prayer, giving, serving, those are all things, studying the Bible, gathering together with believers, witnessing. Every one of those things are acts of worship. And what do they all have in common? Something physically is done. So we express our worship physically, but it's the heart. It's where the heart is, the posture of the heart, the purity of the heart that defines that physical act as worship. If not, it's just for show, right? If we do something and our heart's not in it, but we still do the singing, the jumping, the praising, the talking, the going to church, but we have no heart of faith, well, then it's just for show. It's just religion. We don't want any part of that. So when the Lord speaks, He speaks to our spirit because really at the end of the day, that's what matters is that our spirit is in communion with the Lord. So when Samuel hears the voice of God, he thinks it's a man's voice like, oh, it's Eli. It's kind of like when uh, Hebrews chapter 1 tells us that we are to uh, be kind toward other people and help one, one another because it says we may entertain angels unaware. Now, if you really stop and think about that, the Bible's telling us 
do good, be kind to other people, help other people, because you never know. You might actually be doing this not toward a person, but toward an angel. Well, that right there tells me and tells you that all angels must not walk around at 12 foot tall with giant wings and a burning sword of fire. Because let's be honest, if a 12 foot angel walks into your place of work, your school, with giant wings and a flaming sword, you will be very aware. <laughs> you'll probably <laughs> you'll probably run away screaming and, and you know like oh my gosh what's going on and and run for safety. So it's it's no different when when the Lord speaks to us. It's probably not going to be. I'm not saying it can't be, but when the Lord speaks to you, it's probably not going to shake the roof off your house. It's probably not going to make you fall out of your car. You know, Paul, the Lord speaks to Paul, he falls off the horse. He's struck with blindness. That was one instance, but there's dozens of times where the Lord just simply speaks to the heart of the person. And when Samuel is hearing the voice of the Lord and literally being called into this office and into this ministry of the prophet to lead a nation, it's just a voice in the night that sounds like, a man's voice. It made me think of Elijah. If you go to 1 Kings chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11, says this, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rock in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a small, still voice. Literally, the, in the center column of my reference Bible, it gives the, uh, an alternative literal translation, a delicate, whispering voice. The voice of the Lord isn't in the wind or the fire or the earthquake. The voice of the Lord is what is speaking to your heart, speaking to my heart. And I think that's so important to understand. I think that's so necessary to understand that the Lord is speaking to you and He's speaking to your heart. And you and I are to value and treasure His voice. Now, how does the Lord speak to us? Well, through His Word and by the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's important for us to understand that if we're not obeying the written Word of God, why would He speak a further word to us? Now, let, let's, let's kind of walk through that and just biblically, logically, with biblical logic, walk through this. If God has given us an instruction in His Word and we disregard that instruction, why would God take the time to speak to our heart other than convict our heart so that we'll do what the, He told us to do in His Word? But why is the Lord going to... Uh, you know, if the Lord gives us instruction through His Word and we don't obey it, it's not like He's going to come up with something new and like, okay, all right, uh, you're not working with me here. You didn't obey what I told you to obey. I, I, I'll give you an alternative instruction. No, His Word, the Bible tells us, Jesus says it, uh, it's written in the Synoptic Gospels in Matthew and Mark. I know for certain that the Bible tells us that the Word of God, that the heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will remain forever. 
Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that the world which we live in is framed by the Word of God. The Word of God is God. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying your Bible is God, but the Word that is written down on the pages of your Bible is the inspired, God-breathed, infallible Word of God spoken through holy men of old, moved on by the Holy Ghost, 2 Peter chapter 1. And it is good for instruction and correction and edification and building up and, and uh, reproof. It's good for evidence of what you believe, which we see that in, was it, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 3, I believe, um, 15 and 16, verses 15 and 16. Uh, it, it, the Bible will teach us and instruct us and give us instruction it, 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 will, it will lead our lives and, and guide our path. It will form a straight, narrow path so that we can walk clearly and see correctly. It will give us instruction. It will tell us what to do, how to do it, when to do it. It will, it will bless our hearts. It will give us insight and in how to have a profitable future. It, it will give us reasons for why we believe what we believe. And that was 2 Timothy, not first. 2 Timothy 3, 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine. So doctrine is what we believe. For reproof, that's evidence, why we believe it. For correction, if I get it wrong, the Bible corrects me, tells me what I should have done instead. And for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the Word of God is teaching us instructing us, correcting us, bringing us to a place of perfection, of maturity. I think it's interesting, too, that the Lord spoke to Samuel because Samuel was close to where the Lord mm, was working. Uh, we could say where the Lord lived, quote-unquote. At this point in time in the Old Testament, Old Covenant, the Lord, His anointing power rested on a few but the prophet Joel prophesied that in the last days, the days we live, the new covenant, that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. So it doesn't matter, Jew, Gentile. It doesn't matter whether you're man or woman, young or old. You are a recipient for the infilling and baptizing power of the Holy Spirit. But in the days of Samuel, that wasn't the case. It rested on a few men. It rested on a few women. There were women anointed in the old covenant as well. It rested on a few people. Samuel was close to where the Lord was working in the tabernacle. You might think, well, why are you pointing that out? Well, if you go to Psalms 84, I love this psalm, but if you go to Psalm chapter or Psalm 84, verse 10, this, this may be familiar. It's a beautiful psalm. Psalm 84. Well, look at this. Verse 1, it says this, How lovely is your tabernacle, or Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Well, the courts of the Lord and, and the tabernacle, that's where Samuel's living. David is, or, or one of the Psalms of the sons of Korah. This is a Psalm of the sons of Korah that wrote this. So they're, they're, they're talking about the beauty and the magnificent of the dwelling place of God in that day. Verse 10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents 
of wickedness. Verse 11, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. A Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. So Samuel was in proximity of where the Lord was in that day. You know, when you open up your Bible, when you quiet yourself to pray, when you get before the Lord to pray and to meditate on His Word, you're getting in the place where God dwells. When you begin to praise and worship the Lord, you're creating an atmosphere. You're creating a place for the presence of God to inhabit. You're in a place where you're saying, Lord, I want you to be enthroned in my worship. I want you to feel my prayers and answer my prayers and speak to me. I want to know who you are and study your word and allow your word to renew and conform my thoughts and my mind. Samuel was in proximity to the Lord. If you really treasure the word of the Lord, if you really treasure the voice of God, if you love your Bible, you're going to be in proximity to it. You're going to be close to it. You're going to be in it. You're going to be reading it. You're going to be thumbing through it. You're going to be studying it. I can't tell you how important it is for you just simply open up your Bible and read it. Read it. Study it. And talk about it. And pray it. And memorize it. And speak it. And confess it. And share it. And teach it. <laughs> and go to church and listen to people talk about it and be in Bible study and go to youth group and teen group and college group and hang out with friends and study it and take it to work with you and on lunch break, break it out and read it and then someone asks you about it and then you get to tell them about it. Be close to the Word of God. When you get close, you know, when, when you're just hanging around people, that's when you pick things up. The people you hang around, you'll pick up their tendencies, what they like, what they think, their thoughts. That's why it's so important to appropriately judge who you're hanging out with. You need to have good judgment on that, right? Uh, there's a lot of studies that have been done in like the business world. They tell you the uh, your, this is interesting, in the business world, the finance world, they'll tell you that your income is essentially the average of the five people you hang out with the most. So your five closest friends or family, whoever you hang out with, if you took each one of those people's income, then divided it by five, your income is going to be a right about that average. So basically what that's showing you is who you hang out with is who you will become. Right? It's the idea. We actually say one bad apple doesn't spoil the whole bunch, but it actually does. One bad apple, one bad banana, one bad strawberry sitting in the container with all the other fruit, that bad strawberry, say we just bought some strawberries so it's on my mind. If, if one strawberry is bruised and it's kind of in the protective outward covering of that strawberry is broken and so air is getting to it and it gets that you know furry gross mold on it. If you leave the one bad strawberry in there, it will contaminate the other strawberries and they too will decay. It's no different with people. We are to be salt and light. Absolutely. We're not to recluse ourselves from the world. But having fellowship and intimacy and being really close and connected, those people should be people who treasure the Word of God as well. 
they should be people who who are close to the Lord as well because who you hang out with, you're going to pick up things from them. And so when you're, you know, maybe you don't like this phrase, but I think it makes pretty much good sense. When you're hanging out with the Lord, (laughs) when you're praying, when you're just spending time ministering to the Lord, as it says in 1 Samuel 3, 1, when you're just doing, you know, if you just hang out in church, let me be honest with you. Most people I know that are in full-time ministry today, you know who those people are? They're people who five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, they were just at the church helping whenever they could. They were the people that got there. They always got there a little early to help. They were always stayed later to help. Anytime the doors was open, they were there at service. They'd hang around. Hey, can I do anything? They volunteered. They served. They maybe helped in children's church. They served on the praise team. They drove a van. They did something. They cleaned the bathrooms. Like most of the people I know, before they received the call of ministry and surrendered to the call of ministry in their life, they were just hanging out. They were just helping. They were just close. Samuel, he's just working in the tabernacle. He, he doesn't have any aspirations that we know of to be called the pro- a prophet, which verse 20 tells us this, or verse 19. If you can't continue to read 1 Samuel 3, verse 19, it says this, So Samuel grew, and the word of the Lord was with him, and let none of his, excuse me, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground, literally fail. Samuel lived in under the anointing of the Holy Spirit in such a powerful way that nothing that Samuel said didn't come to pass. Now you might say, well, he's a prophet. Look, he could have went off reservation, just said anything he wanted to say. But there's something here. There's, there's actually something here that the Bible's showing us that Samuel's heart is lined up with the Lord that when he speaks, God backs it up. It's a powerful thing. It's a really, really powerful thing. But essentially, when Samuel spoke, the Lord said, He's my man, and I'm going to back up his word. It makes you think of John 15, verse 7, when Jesus says, If you abide in me, so there's that proximity, there's that closeness, and my words abide in you, so there's the relationship with the Word of God, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. There's a connection there. There's a place there. There's a, there's a ministering and a waiting on the Lord. There is a depth of relationship there that when Samuel speaks, the Lord backs it up. And there's something really powerful about that and really precious about that that a man or a woman can walk with God in such a way that God says they got it their heart is connected to mine they love me they hunger and thirst for righteousness they're with me that they have surrendered their will and taken up my will they have filled their heart and their mind with my word. They desire sincerely more and more the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They serve me when they speak, when they petition in prayer, when they ask, I'll make it happen.
May we all live in that place in Jesus' name. Verse 21 of 1 Samuel 3, Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Notice that again. Samuel treasured the word of God. As I mentioned, if you use the King James language, in those days the the word of the Lord was precious because there was no widespread revelation. The word of the Lord was precious. Now, it's talking about the prophetic word, but the word of God that you and I have, the Bible we have, is prophetic word. It is the God-inspired, God-breathed word of God, and it's precious. And when you honor the word of God and you hold it in high esteem and you conform yourself to it and you allow it to transform you and change you from the inside out, you'll hear not just once but again and again and again from the Lord. See, here's the thing. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 tells us this. This is an excellent promise for you to memorize and just confess and pray over your life. Romans 8 verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. See, you and I have a covenant right to hear the voice of God because we're His children. We are His children. And when He speaks, we'll hear Him. I want to encourage you. Treasure the Word of God. Value the Word of God. Hold the Word of God at at the highest place of esteem in your heart and your life. Because as you honor God's Word, He will see it as it truly is, honoring Him. The Bible tells us in Psalms 19 verse 10 concerning the Word of the Lord. Actually, verse 7, let me read that. It says this, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. You want to be wise? You might think, well, I'm just a simple person. If you will honor and fear the word of the Lord and obey the word of God and fill your heart and your mind with the word of God and its truth, it will take you from a place of being simple to being very wise. Verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Verse 10, more to be desired are they than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. You and I are actually to value the word of God more than we do silver, than gold, more than we do food. And that's what I hope your desire is, and I believe it is, after all. You've made it this far in the episode and you're constantly tuning in and listening and you're part of the faithful. I know it's your desire and it's mine as well to live in a place where we hear the voice of God. And how do we do that? Because we treasure His Word. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I lift up every single precious son and daughter of God, every person that's watching and listening, members of the faithful, Lord. Lord, we desire this to hear your voice and be led by you. We thank you. You have promised that we will be led by you because we love you. We're your sons. We're your daughters. You've called us. You've made us children of you, O God. And we will, we, Father, commit ourselves to treasure your word. Lord, we commit 
and we make a covenant with you, Lord, to value your written word and your spoken word above every other word because we truly, sincerely love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'm thankful for you. I pray that you have a great rest of your week. Make sure that you're tuning in on Thursdays as well. We're still in our humility series, and then after that we're going to be teaching on pride. Pride goes before destruction. We'll have six episodes on that one as well. I pray that you're enjoying those series. Um, I pray that they're a blessing to you. We do those as a live stream through the Gospel Tabernacle platforms on Facebook, a YouTube channel, on my personal TikTok. So you can catch them live and then watch and listen to the replay on the audio podcast or just catch the replay. <laughs> if you've been listening to them, uh, you can hear sometimes there are some interesting folk with kind words to share their, their love towards me. And uh, sometimes I just like to read them out loud because <laughs> I think it's funny. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just part of it. And I pray that you can be a part of it and be blessed. But here's the here's the great thing about it. Even though we get some pushback and some hate every now and then, I tell you what, uh, we're seeing people saved. We're seeing people recommit their lives to the Lord. We're seeing this group that we call the faithful, that you and I are part of, expanding and growing. And I'm asking God, and I believe you are as well, that the faithful would violently increase. Not It's not just about the podcast. When I say the faithful, I mean the remnant of believers on the earth that we would violently increase through the forcefulness of winning people to Christ in the preaching of the gospel. Hey, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for every time you like and share. It helps us do exactly that and set a generation on fire for Jesus. And I know this, you and I, we treasure the word of God and our hearts are on fire for his purposes because we are the faithful. I'll see you next time. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you, and every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.